Welcome to the Mold Matters Podcast. Whether you are looking for help recovering from mold illness or just want to learn more about creating a safe environment for your family, this podcast is the place for you. Did you know the levels of some hazardous pollutants in indoor air have been found to be up to 70 times greater than in outdoor air? But who's monitoring that for you? Check out MyPureProducts.net for the latest in monitoring devices and DIY mold test kits. Take control of your environment with MyPureProducts.net. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Mold Matters podcast. Uh, Coming here from Utah with Mike Adams along my side. I'm Jeremy Evans. Hey, Jer. This is Mike Adams. Hey, Mike. Jeremy. Good to see you. Good to meet you. <laughs> Good to meet you. Good to see you. Um, uh, we'd like to do another podcast here. We're uh, we're always happy to do these as often as we can. Uh, looking at the summer schedule, Mike, will I see you again? No, probably not. Not okay. for about a year. Okay. Looks like I looked at your schedule and thought I'll see you maybe in July. Yeah, my, for a minute. My wife said we are ships passing in the night. That's yeah. all we are. Yeah, that's yeah. how well, it's. This has happened before. Yes. I've I've gone months without seeing you, but it's okay. It's for a good yeah. cause, uh, helping helping people with their mold. So I'll uh, um, but but yeah, we we're trying to let's squeeze one in today before you leave tomorrow. Yeah, and then uh, um, and actually before we get going, uh, please remember to subscribe. Actually, I I taught you the other day how to subscribe to a podcast. Right now, I I can't I don't remember what you said, but it's it's pretty simple. Actually, I told you how to subscribe, and then you realized you already had subscribed. So you <laughs> you have subscribed before. So accidentally subscribe, if you will. Because <laughs> you, I've done it. Yeah. It was your son's podcast. You you oh his the, other podcast. You had yeah. You you just hit well on the on the iPhone. You just That's hit the right. plus oh, okay. sign, and it kind of it subscribes you. So. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, um. Today. Mike, I'm I'm gonna defer to you a lot because we're talking about something that that's a little more in your wheelhouse than mine. Although we did work together many years ago we in a did. surgical center, yeah. um, you hired me to help you clean a surgical center. And I know you've mentioned the story a little bit. I, I guess do we want to do we want to start with that story, or yeah. do you want to? Well, let's just I'll just briefly touch on it. Okay. So so how how we ended up doing a podcast for mold? Yeah. Um. <laughs> It's kind of like, what what was the joke I heard? I can't I can't remember the joke now, but something about, um, yada yada yada. Hitler was an art student, and we uh, ended up with World War Two. Yeah, you're Just missing a lot of yeah, details. A lot of details there. Yeah, um, you're gonna skip a lot of details. Yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, I I worked for the same company for 22 years. Could not stand working one more day for corporate America. And so I started a company. A lot of people know this story, but the the idea of the company was going to be light maintenance on medium-sized buildings, mm-hmm. buildings that aren't big enough that they can afford a full-time building engineer. Mm-hmm. And so started this company. We picked up some banks, some medical clinics, some uh, office facilities, and then one fateful day we picked up a surgical center, and we started doing their cleaning and their filters and their lighting. And then we got a call. They said, hey, we don't like the company that cleans our operating rooms. Would you consider taking that on? Mm-hmm. And at the time, I was like, well, I know nothing about that at all. But I'll study up and try to figure out how to do it. And they said, no, no, we'll show you how to do it. And so we took it on. We ended up hiring. In fact, like you said, you, um, I asked you to come help out with that. 
So you drive up every night from, did you live in Salt Lake at the time? Provo. Provo, yeah. And uh, Late we'd, night. we'd put our scrubs on, yeah, yeah. and uh, wash our hands like we were doctors and go in and clean the operating rooms. So it, we started thinking about that this morning, and I wanted just to touch on the history of operating rooms because it's really not that old, mm. a real operating room. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, it goes back, um, operations, surgery in general goes back thousands of years. Um, that sounds kind of old. Yeah, it's it's way older than my dad. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so the history of the operating rooms uh, in all the different countries, it's really interesting. You should dive into it if you get a chance. But they did do one surgery that jumped out at us. What was that called, Jer? Do you remember? Oh, uh, F F and E. What the heck was that called? Anyway, it's... Uh, well, they just they basically just put a put a hole in your head. Yeah, yeah, because it relieved pressure. Yeah, uh, a lot of a lot of the they didn't know how to handle a lot of head trauma. So uh, apparently, you know, if there was uh, hematosis or or even headaches or yeah. any kind of pressure, they found that if you puncture the skull. It actually relieved a lot of the pain and pressure, and you you made a good point. <laughs> You're like, well, of course, the original s- my my know. headache's gone, but this other hole in the head really hurts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was kind of diverting the pain. Yeah, yeah. I I can't remember the name of that surgery though. We should have had that written down. Yeah. But anyway, it is kind of interesting. Um, I did mention that somewhere along the line, somebody had to have said to the doctor, "Doc, I need that surgery. Like, I need a hole in my head." Yeah, tre- trephination. Trephinations. Yeah, trephinations. Yeah, trephinations. Yeah. They're going to drill a hole in your head. <laughs> anyway, this goes back to, I mean, B.C., um, 2000 B.C., and then there you can look, look it up on the Internet. There's all kinds of really interesting things about surgery and surgical operating rooms. They call them, nowadays they call them surgical suites, mm-hmm. with the idea being that you need to do what they call terminal cleaning between mm-hmm. each patient. Terminal right. meaning comprehensive, or what is terminal? I, I think that's what they. It is. It's just very comprehensive. Um, you had to be so careful to not cross contaminate to another operating room. And so when we did it, I, the site that you and I cleaned, Jer, did it have four operating rooms or five? I can't oh, remember. I don't even remember now. Yeah, it had a bunch. Multiple. Yeah, and you couldn't. For example, you couldn't mop operating oh, yeah, room right. number one. And take that same mop into number two. Number two, that's yeah, right. Yeah, that's, that's against the rules. Yeah. You couldn't carry any of your rags from one operating room to the next. So basically it's you clean that one and then throw everything away that you use to clean that one and move on to the next one. Yeah. And so anyway, we used to, uh, to get back to the how we ended up doing mold batters, I was always concerned that how do we even know we're getting everything? And I know enough about staph infection and... Uh, you know, MRSA and things like that, that I felt really liable and responsible. So that's how we got interested in creating a vapor or a dry fog. Yeah. Long story short, we tried to market this idea to, to not only that surgical center, but to every hospital we could get to talk to us. And we got nowhere with it. Yeah. Even though it's an amazing process. Um, well, can I, can I probe you a little bit? Yeah. So, you know, I've heard the story many times, and I, I, I know the answer, but I, I think it's instructive. So when you're cleaning a surgical center or surgical suite, you always talk about how, like, we're doing nothing when we spray and wipe. Yeah. 
um, or or even the mopping or a lot of these protocols that you actually wrote, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. What, so, this this <laughs> not no offense. No, no. Yeah, that's yeah. I'm not proud of that. <laughs> but this this particular surgical center, they said, no, we'll show you how to do it. They had nothing in writing, uh, and and there are. I mean, if you go on the internet, there are you know certain things you have to do to clean to terminal terminally clean a surgical suite but this particular place had nothing in writing but as far as getting back to uh, this is doing nothing my point was okay one we're using probably a, a very nasty quad okay that's going to kill the germs but likely it needs to stay wet for 10 minutes yeah before you do anything yeah N- so that rarely happens, right? Before you move on. There's not enough time in, in, in a night to yeah. clean five operating rooms, even with three or four people, Yeah. by spraying and leaving everything wet and then wiping it down. Yeah. Along yeah. with all the other stuff you have to do. Uh, yeah. You're, you're spraying, giving it a few minutes, and then wiping it. I, right, I, I, I doubt a few minutes. Yeah. I bet you're just spraying and going. Yeah. That's what most people, I mean, yeah. I'm surprised it's how many people. To do it that way. The, nurses, the nurses did it that way. Yeah. Nobody was leaving things for 10 minutes wet. Yeah. yeah. No, they definitely not. And, I, and I'm and i surprised how many, because I was surprised myself when I when I learned this. But even your household cleaners, if you look on them, yeah. none of them say, like, spray and wipe. Spray and wipe, no, no. I mean, two, three, five, ten minute contact time before well, you can actually wipe. Okay, now here's the other crazy, crazy thing is just in the last few years, more and more has come out on what's called quat loading on rags. Uh-huh. If you use a cotton rag, which we did, remember those yeah, green, those green cotton oh yeah. rags, and we did a podcast on cotton versus microfiber. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If you wipe with those green <laughs> cotton rags, uh, rags, you're actually pulling the quat back up into the rag to where it's not really doing anything. Yeah. So if you think that, well, I got a, I got a, I got a rag full of this quat is wet and i'm wiping things down you're probably not applying any quat to the surface because it's it's adhering it's, to the it's rag. attracting to the rag yeah. not to the right and that's the beauty of microfiber right it, it kind of it, it doesn't absorb the quat right and it keeps that electrical charge opposite yeah. opposite yeah. so it attracts the microbe not the quat anyways yeah so yeah we uh we did it for a while and that's what got us interested in dry fog we couldn't get any traction with the medical world and uh, yada, 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 here we are on mold matters. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you, you were actually just reading an article, was it today? Yeah, today up in your office, and I peeked over your shoulder, but uh, it, it was kind of this article expressing concern for cleaning protocols where they realized, man, a lot of the bacteria, fungus, uh, things of that nature that are in a, a medical suite or whatever, are actually hiding in cracks and crevices oh, where no absolutely. one ever even thinks to wipe. Yeah. I mean, I'll give you a perfect example. Think of an operating table and the and the little, it's like a little, what, three-inch mattress kind of type yeah, deal, yeah, pad yeah. that yeah. they lay the patient on. Yeah. Well, that thing has sewing and kind of a, Yeah. I mean, it's got to be sewed shut yeah, from so the pad inside. Yeah. With little grooves and stuff, little right? Little grooves. There's, yeah, bacteria is going to harbor in places like that. Oh, yeah. Um, think of all the little nooks and crannies on an operating table. Yeah. It should scare us all to death. Yeah. And then when you start realizing that, man, bacteria multiplies, it becomes exponential mm-hmm. how fast it multiplies um, in in, a, in just a few hours. Yeah. Then you can, I mean, it's it's no wonder people get get uh, MRSA. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 
And and I think I think that's where the real value in something where it's you know something like what we focus on where it's uh, fumigation is not the right word I don't right. I don't think it fits perfectly but no. where you create some kind of positive pressure a vapor that that pushes into it's, all those cracks it's crevices push. yeah yeah and and yeah that's basically what we took is a process that should be perfect for a, for a medical setting and we build it out to where it can be applied in a residential yeah. setting pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, Actually, I'm just thinking of, this might be total tangent, tangent, but uh, so you, you talked about the wiping. Well, actually, what were the other protocols? I don't know if you're going to go yeah, over some of those. Yeah, so it's ki- kind of interesting. So the first thing, I've, I actually found this in writing. The first thing you do is take a look at the surgical suite. So survey. Survey, survey the yeah, just take a look. Yeah, yeah take should a look. not be too many surprises, but you never know. <laughs> take a you look. You never know. Survey, yeah, okay. And then you're supposed to remove all the soiled items. So you're always going to have those gross, dirty, uh, disgusting red buckets. Remember those? Yeah. And and then, oh, it was so bad. This is going to make everybody not ever want surgery again the rest of their life. (laughs) But remember the room at the back of the surgical center? Yeah, where all the clothes were? Where where they put the hazardous waste? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it just... Oh, it stunk. It reeked. Yeah. Um, anyway, you got to haul all of your stuff back to there. Now think about that. You're back in there dumping your soiled items, <laughs> and then you're going to walk back into the room you're cleaning. Yeah. Certainly, there's microbes yeah. landed on you back there. Yeah. Um, anyway, you remove 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 all the soiled items, then you collect all the linens. I don't remember that much. Yeah, they usually did that yeah. before you got there. Yeah. And then it says inspect the windows really well. And I'm assuming when they say inspect windows, the window seals themselves. Um, looking for mold? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I don't know what they're looking for. Oh. It was just in this write-up I found, inspect windows. Oh. Like, yep, that's, that, that, there's a window. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Maybe, it makes sense. No, no, what it is is inspect the windows, make sure nobody is watching you. <laughs> <laughs> Not letting this sit for 10 minutes. Yeah, because surgical suites don't even have, t- I, 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 I don't think they have windows that open. Yeah, well, no, they don't have windows that open, but they did have windows out into the main hall, remember? Yeah, yeah. So you could go down the main hall and yeah, look into and an look operating into room. Yeah. Why you would ever want to do that, I have no idea. But yeah, I don't know either. Yeah. Okay, and then your next step, number five, empty the trash, obviously. So you're trying to get all the dirty stuff first. Yeah. Up to that point. And then you disinfect the trash cans. Makes sense. And then you start going through and cleaning and disinfecting. So you're supposed to squirt, mm-hmm. let it sit for 10 minutes, and then wipe it off. Yeah. Um, all of your low-touch items first. Yeah. And then your high-touch items next. Um, and then, of course, you need to, to uh, sweep the floor mm-hmm. to get the dust out of there. And you have to move the operating table, mm-hmm. right, to make sure you clean under there. And then you have to mop the floor. And they actually, nowadays, they are using microfiber mops. Are they? We had just those terrible yeah. stringy mops yeah, before. Yeah, they, they still are pretty prevalent. Yeah. And yeah. then, uh, and then of course, you once you mop the floor, you have to move the operating table again to make sure you yeah. mop under there as mm-hmm. well. And then, of course, you throw away everything you used or throw it into the, the to go to the laundry. Um, and then just visually inspect to make sure you didn't miss anything, which that's just scary too. <laughs> if the <laughs> procedures are that good, <laughs> then you shouldn't miss anything, right? Yeah. Just let me yeah. take one last look to make sure I got all the all the gross things taken care of. Yeah. So 
anyway, it's not a great system. Yeah. There's a lot of, a lot of weaknesses, a lot of weaknesses. And you, and you've talked yeah. about this too. I mean, not that under the surgery tables getting dirty that regularly, but I mean, there's all kinds of things under oh, yeah. that no one's ever wiping. Or know, even, even, you or, know, the, remember the big operating lamps Yeah. above the operating table? Oh yeah. And they actually have two handles on them and they would cover those handles with plastic. Yeah. And I think the, it was designed that between each operation, the plastic would come off. They put new ones on. Yeah. Um, I don't know how well that is adhered to, but I saw some pretty dusty lamps. Yeah. Right above the operating table. That yeah. That's yeah. scary. Yeah. That dust falling into the. And that's where microbes like to hang yeah, out, right? Dust. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, and you've, you know, because this is mold matters, and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of tying it, tying it in with mold here is, You've had these conversations. I've been part of these conversations where you talk to hospital, I don't know, administrators or or, or just hospital people. Yeah. And there's this uh, denial because if word gets out that there's mold in a hospital or a medical or oh, a surgical it's, center, it's big trouble. Yeah. yeah. It, I mean, it could shut them down. It could ruin their reputation. So yeah, they they don't even use that word. No, no. They won't let and they won't if you're going to work in their facility. I'm pretty sure they make you. I don't know if it's contractual, but they don't let you tell people you're, you're working no, in, in fact, that I facility. Was, I was out of state a few weeks ago and it was a company that uses our process, but they're also a full-fledged mold remediator. Mm -hmm. In other words, they do dry out and yeah. tear out, and, but they love our system as well, so they just added it to their to their system. Yeah, But they had a, a hospital under contract and a couple of the employees during lunch, we were at a restaurant in town. Actually, it was a great restaurant. Remind me to tell you about it later. Okay. But Great. Anyway, um, one of the employees started talking about the mold situation in the hospital and the supervisor of the group, he said, hey, this has to stop right now. We cannot talk about this in a public setting. That's wow. how, I mean, they were, I, I mean, I was impressed with him because yeah. he's right. You shouldn't talk about yeah. other people's places, well, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's a big deal if, if, uh. If it gets out that a hospital has any kind of a C. diff or yeah. MRSA or fungal or yeah. um, situation, it's it's devastating. Yeah, they keep it under wraps. Yeah, which you know, which which kind of makes me surprised. You know, it's very serendipitous that things didn't take off in the medical world because then it led to what we're doing now. Yeah, in, yeah, in and I'm actually I'm I'm glad we ended up where we are. Yeah, yeah, I agree. That's what I was gonna say. But at the same time, you look back and you think, what, you know, if they're so worried about MRSA, C. diff, why wouldn't they look into some of these technologies that are a little more comprehensive? It was, honestly, it was one of the most disheartening times of my life. Really? Because I just, I knew that this needs to happen. And every, every operating room in the entire nation should be fogged. Mm -hmm. Every night, at least, right? Yeah, it yeah. just seems, that's a no-brainer. Yeah. and couldn't get anybody to to say i i had a ton of hospital administrators say yeah it's it's a really good idea yeah and i also had the same guy say but we're not going to pay for it <laughs> <laughs> yeah. which i so, don't know and it really comes down to if if jerry if he went to the hospital and got MRSA, yeah the hospital's not going to lose money because you got MRSA. yeah it's just not going to happen they're going to make money Right. Probably. And I've often said it, I don't think they're evil and they don't want to make you sick so they can charge more. Yeah. But yeah. when it comes down to every hospital or every surgical center has somebody in charge of 
you know, they have a CFO, chief financial yeah. officer. That guy has to put pencil to paper and say, does this make sense? Yeah. And currently the way the legislation is written, if somebody tries to litigate towards a hospital, the hospital can simply say, you could have got that anywhere. Yeah, and it's true. Yeah. I mean, yeah. There's just and so, yeah, no. unless things change. And I b- I, a few people have told me they, they have changed recently, and I haven't really dove into it because we've been so busy with the mold thing. Yeah. But, but yeah, there are there are companies that build fog machines just for yeah an operating room. Yeah, and we we were just looking at yeah. some. Yeah, they. Uh, I think it's. I don't know. I don't know if it's on the rise or not. But I, it, I think it will be. I think it has to be. Well, when you and I, we'll, we'll talk about this. I think we're going to do another podcast on our lab experience that we did yeah. last week. We were in a kind of a, 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 a test laboratory that does testing for. Well, anyone who wants EPA labeling, for example, on their product. Probably gotta, goes through this lab. Yeah, yeah. probably this or, <clears throat> or similar type labs. So Mike and I spent yeah. a week there, but but it was interesting after, you know, we did we did some some fogging and some things with microbes in a in a, a, a fairly sizable room with tall ceilings. It's it's actually the only lab in the country that does tests. Whole, whole real life setting, whole yeah. room, yeah. Life set life type setting with aerosols, like with with uh, aerosolized micro microbes, bacteria, uh, molds, and stuff like that, but. But after every night, they do a cycle of kind of a hydrogen peroxide right. um, disinfection cycle where they essentially fumigate that space. And that's how they they keep their uh, facility yeah. very pristine. And so that and that's actually that that room was stark empty. Yeah. Nothing in there. Yeah. 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 And they and they determined vapor is still the best way to do it. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's so. Anyways, I think I think that's. Did, was there anything else you wanted to say on the the kind of the hospital, no surgical I, um, center? Yeah, uh, no, I I certainly don't mean to disparage anybody that works at a hospital. I I think everybody's doing the best they can, but I do think that man, we need to take a second look at how we clean surgical operating suites. Yeah, in this country. Yeah, so absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for all your good insights, Mike. And um, thanks everyone for listening. Feel free to subscribe if if you desire. And uh, we'll talk to you guys again soon. See you. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Mold Matters podcast. Be sure to subscribe for more in-depth information on mold illness and recovery.